Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Any of them savvy English? Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. I can see things no one else can see. I'm not saying that I've been everywhere and I've done everything. It's all in the reflexes. Welcome to It's All in the Reflexes podcast all about the greatest movie ever made, John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. I'm Luke, that's all you really need to know about me, but I'm a super fan of this movie and that's why I started a fan page on Instagram at Bigger Trouble in Little China. Also go to patreon.com forward slash bigger trouble or follow the link in the description of this episode or go to Instagram and follow the link in my bio at Bigger Trouble in Little China. So let's get started and welcome to it's all in the reflexes. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Jack Burton and Wang Chi have gone undercover as telephone repairmen to break inside the Wing Kong Trading Company to rescue Mao Ying. They are both dressed in them in jeans and jackets and holding a phone to prove that they are telephone repairmen. No, actually, I've had a realization from that was different from the last episode. I said, I talked about the deleted scene where Jack Burden is in Gracie Law's apartment and, um, and in the deleted scene, he looks down at his shirt and says, get me a phone. And I took that as he was needed a change of clothes. He was going to ring somebody to get him a change of clothes. But now it's occurred to me that you don't see this in the film, like I said, you just see this in the deleted scene. That when he was looking down at his shirt, at his suit, he was coming up with the idea of changing their clothes and pretending to be telephone repairmen. So that's why he asks for Gracie Law's phone. So in the next scene in the movie, you see them outside the Wing Kong trading company holding a phone that is Gracie Law's phone. So Jack and Wang are in the, or the Wincon trading company, and they are looking for Mao Ying, and they see sort of drag marks along the floor that are heading towards a, that looks like just a, a dead end wall, and some boxes that are covered in spider's webs. They're all kind of, they're covered in spider's webs, and they, um, you can tell that they are meant to look like old boxes and um, that, that it's not leading anywhere. But they move them out of the way. Like Jack Burton says, what you got here is two people dragging a third. And Wang Chi says, Mel Ying. They move the boxes out of the way. Wang Chi starts to feel around to see if he can find an opening or anything. Jack Burton's off to one side looking down sort of um, a drain. And then the, suddenly the wall moves and opens. And Jack and Wang are shocked. And Jack Burton asks, Wang Chi, did you do that? And Wang says, I guess so. I hope so. And then they go inside a, an elevator, another elevator. And this, um, there's quite a few of them. Lopan, secret elevators. You know, he's well up to date with all the technology. So that's quite good. And, um, then there's all these buttons, Chinese symbols counting. Well, Jack Burton thinks they're counting backwards. But no, they're counting downwards. Wang Chi just presses them and they go inside the, the elevator. The elevator starts to move and then it just suddenly stops. The hatch behind them 
closes and the lights go out. We then cut back to the Dragon of the Black Pool, the restaurant, and um, Uncle Chu and Egg Chan are talking about sort of trying to teach Gracie law. So you've got Uncle Chu on one side of the table, um, Egg Chan on the other side. He's eating, he's lots of food in front of him, lots of empty bottles of beer. And in between them is Gracie Law with her hands on top of a, a beer bottle and she's kind of resting her, her chin on the top of her, on her, on her, on her hands. And she's just trying to understand all these mythology of David Lopan. So they're explaining sort of the Chinese culture to Gracie Law and Egg Chan is saying that, of course, Chinese mix everything up. Look of what they have to work with. There's Buddhism and, um, Confucianism, which is also known as, um, Rism, R-U-I-S-M. It's a system of thought and behavior oriented in ancient China. And it uh, goes on saying things about alchemy and the, um, Talisk alchemy. Alchemists are people who want to transform things in to something more valuable, such as lead into gold. But this is concerned with more transforming human beings so they can give them longer life. So transforming into something that can give them a longer life. And then they talk about and sorcery. So it's like mixing all these things up, just like your salad bar. You take what you want from and you leave the rest. And then Uncle Chu comes in and says, but there's also one thing that even David Lopan must acknowledge, that all movements in the universe is caused by tension between positive and negative furies. So I've seen this scene many times, but I haven't really actually thought about what they are saying, or actually the words that they're using. It's just a great way of trying to explain David Lopan and what is going on and what is this curse. But um, as I actually sort of start looking into it, it's like when they say furies, it has nothing to do with Chinese mythology. That is more from the Greek and Roman mythology. It's hard to explain what they're trying to say. I think the writer is just um, throwing in different aspects of mythology and words that sound good. I may be wrong, but um, furies are sort of from ancient Greece religion and mythology where where female de- deities of vengeance. So they're sort of a vengeance, vengeance in ancient Greece. So the under-earth take vengeance on men. So yes, it's mixing in a few different things and then they go talk about when the furies are out of balance as they are in Lopan who is cursed then people turn into demons and live forever so it's kind of like the, the something inside you and um, if there are it's like probably like the force from Star Star Wars if you know what I mean if it's out of balances or you've got these two things the pin, then people turn into demons and live forever and uh, repulsive and evil existing only to plague the living. So that's from Uncle Chu. So Gracie Law's trying to understand all this. So she wants to know what you're saying is that David Lopan, what is he, a ghost? And Egg Chan says, yes, plain at being a man. So he's a ghost, but plain being a man, a creature of vast, dark, destructive power. Now, I've watched, like I've said, I've seen this film many times and this scene. And when I was going through some pictures on the internet, there is a 
a photo of Eddie and Margot asleep at a table in the restaurant. And I'm like, oh, I've never seen this in, um, I've never seen this in the film. So what did this happen? But in this scene, if you look at behind, if you look behind Egg Chan, blurred, you see Eddie Lee asleep in one of the other booths, one of the other chairs behind him. So that's, if you look online, you can see, and I've put it on my Instagram page, uh, a picture of Margot asleep at a table and Eddie. So they're just behind them, behind Egg Chan. So that's where that picture's come from. I've always wondered that. But now looking at it on my computer and stopping it, I managed to see that they are just behind Egg Chan. We then cut back to the elevator and uh, Jack has a plan. He's lifted up the hatch and he's, he can tell that he's moving and it's we're going to go up the hatch, up the cable. And doesn't that sound like a brilliant idea or what? Wang is now holding a lighter. He doesn't like the idea. He's like, the cable is like three stories high and covered with grease. But that's what Jack likes. He likes that it's real and we can touch it. At least we know where to stand. Yeah, in deep shit. And then we see the water is start flowing in around their feet. Jack says, what the hell? The water is starting to rise slowly. Like quickly, actually. Um, Wang starts to lose it and starts to blame Jack. You think they would let us walk in and out like the wind? Jack's having none of that. That wasn't his plan. Yes, that's what I thought your whole damn point was. Then Wang sort of thinking about his last words. He just wants to find Mao Ying. And then Jax points out that this is salt water. I'm not quite sure what that means. He must, <laughs> I don't know why that, that is important. But, um, I guess he means his water's coming in from the sea. Uh, and just Wang then kind of interrupts. So yeah, and get your truck back. Jack doesn't really, doesn't care about his truck. I've said about this before. It doesn't really, this is not his main motivation for being, being here because he just kind of says, I'll buy another one. And I always kind of, um, it's sort of a, if you play a joke on this, if this was in the world of, family guy or something you would cut to the pork job express in the just next to the elevator in the other room and um hearing that that jack would just buy another truck and sort of a uh, starts to cry or something but that's just me in my how my brain works wang's last words before his last breath is but there is only one mao ying and then the water goes over his head i never understand why they don't start to swim I've, I think it's just sort of, uh, you know, because it has, still has a bit more. If I was starting to fill up with water, I could start to swim or I could climb on Jack just to get a bit more. <laughs> but I never understood that bit. And then because Jack is taller, it takes him a while to get over his head. So then we cut outside and we see we're in this sort of pool of water um, and the, they pull the doors open and Jack and Wang swim out. And we see that Jack has taken his coat off where well, we see his coat behind them just floating in the water. And, and then they're in these skulls, these, um, these skeletons uh, upside down, hanging upside down on these chains, and they have to swim through them. And sort of they keep getting them in the way in a close-up of these skulls and these skeletons. I never watched, really watched this scene a lot. I always sort of try and turn away, but I've watched this scene. And, um, you know, one of their... The, the skeleton's mouth opens as Jack Purden sort of swim past. It's sort of almost like he's talking. And then, and then they pop up out of the water and hold on to these chains. And Jack's asks another question. Jesus Christ, where are we? And we hear the words, hell of the upside down sinners. So as Eddie tells Jack that there are a lot of 
Chinese have a lot of hells. And there are a few different mentioned in the film, but this is the only one we actually get to see on screen. So maybe there are other rooms in Lopan's that each room is a different hell. It kind of reminds me of Bill and Ted and the bogus journey when they were all the different rooms have different housing, but I don't know if it's like that or not, but this is one of, this is the upside down sinners. So a lot of these skeletons that you see in here are leftovers from uh, the film Poltergeist 2. So it's a really sort of dark scene and one of those sort of the scariest scene that um from the movie. And I, actually, I couldn't watch as a kid or even as a grown-up, really. I just sort of turned my eyes. And then um they would look up and they would see, they see rain standing over them for a grate. And that's where I'm stopping it. That was uh, 35 minutes and 18 seconds to around 38 minutes and 4 seconds. On the commentary over this part, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell are, and Johnny's talking about Kurt Russell's work ethic and stuff like that and how other, other actors deal with things and don't deal with, you know, deal with um, their craft. And some people have hard times on set. Um, Kurt Russell says that it's all about make sure you know the lines. He comes from television, starts off at Disney. So he says he, he really makes sure that he, he knows the lines. So if he's ever asked to, he can always change things, but when he's asked to change things, he's still got that to fall back on. So he doesn't, he's not, he's not worried about learning his lines. And he just doesn't think that a lot of actors take the time or try to be ready for the part. I mean, he's come from television. And had to, and you, when you're doing that, you have to learn so much so quickly. And, um, yes, yeah, so they also talk about, and if you don't, you have to really believe that you can do the part. You know, you, you don't want any, any kind of, um, hesitation or, or negative thoughts about not knowing what you want to do. So you kind of always want to know that you can play the part. And he was saying that, um, Kim Control and Dennis Dunn, all of, all of them really needed to know their, all their lines, which they did. And so they could become the characters and have, you know, have fun with it, you know? So it's, like I said before, it's a really good commentary. This is one of my favorite scenes. Um, I keep saying that almost every time I talk, but, um, it's one of those more memorable scenes and, um, the skeletons look really real. And you start one of those things you go, Oh my God, are they really real dead people hanging upside down? But, uh, yes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and you would join me again. When I go through the movie, this fantastic movie, Big Trouble in China. So thank you for listening. If you want to contact me, email me at bigger trouble podcasts at yahoo.com. Bigger trouble podcasts at yahoo.com. It'll be great to hear from you. Also go to patreon.com forward slash bigger trouble or follow the link in the description of this episode, or go to Instagram and follow the link in my bio, at Bigger Trouble in Little China. There's a lot of stuff on there for free. You don't have to pay. Just join Patreon. And that's not just for this podcast. It's for all the podcasts produced by Bigger Trouble Podcasts. There are so many and more to come. But if you do want to join, you can for just £1 plus VAT a month. And that gives you so much behind-the-scenes stuff, extra episodes, early access, photos, videos, and so much more. Please check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Bigger Trouble. If you want to contact me, DM me on Instagram or email me at Bigger Trouble 
podcasts at yahoo.com. Bigger Trouble Podcasts at yahoo.com. It will be great to hear from you. Please follow, rate, subscribe, and leave five stars on whatever platform you listen on. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. It's all in the reflexes. 